Hey Baker, welcome to Business is Sweet. It's easy to fall in love with the sweet art of baking. It's a bit harder to take the right steps to create a successful business around your baking. But the business side of baking is also pretty sweet. I believe that you can be paid well for your creativity, build a successful baking business from home, and enjoy the work you get to do. And in fact, I don't just believe it, I know it because I've done it. I'm your host, Brett, a self-taught home-based baker myself who's built a thriving business making a full-time income as a wedding cake designer, all from home while raising my two little kiddos. And I'm here to show you how to do it too. Welcome to the show. This month has been a month where I'm incredibly grateful to be self-employed, to have an income that I can control, a schedule that I can control, because this month was a month where I needed that time off, and I know it it wouldn't have been possible if I had been at a typical 9-to-5 job. It would have been a lot more complicated. You've probably noticed there's been a lack of updates and episodes here on the podcast as well as on my Instagram. The past two weeks, we've just been going through a couple of things, my family and I. um, I had a cousin pass away unexpectedly, and we went to the funeral. And it was a very surprisingly uplifting time, filled with a lot of love and a lot of faith and comfort. And it was nice to be with family and to kind of peek through the hustle and bustle that takes up so much of our lives and remember at the core what we're living for and what we really want out of life. It was kind of an emotional, in a good way, roller coaster, and I've just been taking some time to ease back into working and getting on social media. Just needed to take a little break um, for my own mental sake. And I also want to mention this. It's the first time I've ever talked about it. I've always felt kind of strange as a business coach, as someone who wants to show up and inspire and motivate you. Sometimes it's hard to share the harder moments because I feel like I feel like I if I'm having anxiety and depression and hard things, like, how can I possibly inspire someone else? And it sounds silly saying it, but it's like running subconsciously in the back of my mind. And so I wanted to be a little more open and honest and share about some of my own anxiety and depression that I've been going through. I want to peel back that curtain because chances are you're probably feeling that too. And you need to know that someone else is feeling it. Even someone who teaches, even someone who has a big business and seems to be doing so well on the surface still has those days where she doubts, where I doubt what I'm doing. And I just take some time to reevaluate and figure things out. And um, this past month, I've started for the first time a new medication for anxiety and depression. And I've also been taking a little little step back from business for a second so that I can work through that and and kind of come to a good place 
mentally and emotionally so that I can continue forward with my business with the energy and the enthusiasm that I want and also to be there for my family in the way that I want. And I want to talk about it because I have become so against the idea of running and running and running all the time and missing what it's really all about. And so I feel like for me to be a truly good coach and mentor and inspiration to you, I have to do the same thing. I can't just run myself into the ground. I have to take a break. And so that's what I did. Took a few weeks off from posting and it's all right here when I come back to it. And I just want you to know that too, that if you ever need to take a break, take time, like that really is so, so important to make sure that you're well emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, take care of yourself. (laughs) That is so crucial to being able to run a successful business. And you take the time you need and when you're ready to come back to it, it's all still there waiting for you. The customers are still there. Your business is still there. And I just want you to know that you're not alone if you have those days and those struggles and are fighting a silent battle that nobody else sees. You're not alone. I do want to catch you up on everything that's been going on because there's been a lot. A lot has happened and I want to talk about it and tell you the crazy and good and just nutso things that have been happening as I've been starting up my new cake business here. Um... So if, if you haven't been following, realize that I moved to a new town this summer and I could have continued just doing my same cake business. I didn't move too far away. My original cake business is Hobble Creek Cake and it's still open. I still take the orders that I want as they come through there, but I thought that this chance of moving to a new town was a great opportunity to step back into the shoes of a beginner, start from scratch, build a whole new business so that I can teach and show you what it takes to get started and that it takes less than you think. (laughs) And if you just put yourself out there, you can have success. And we've already had crazy things happen to prove that it's not luck, that the strategy works, that when you have a plan and implement and connect and network and market, things fall into place. And so at the beginning of January, I started this new baking business, Salt Creek Cake. It was completely new and built a new portfolio around it, new photos, new business cards, got it registered, did all the things for it, and got my first order within two weeks. Within two weeks, had my first order in a town where nobody knew me. (laughs) It was completely new. And it was so cool. It was so cool because that's really just how it works. That that those orders will come when you put yourself out there. So I want to tell you how that order went because I've completed it. And gosh, there was a lot that happened. And in between, in between getting that first order, which came from the library for their information fair, I was going to provide the refreshments and they were paying me for it as well as I would get to market and get to know the community and have a booth alongside all the other businesses. So it was an order and a marketing opportunity. It was really great. And in between getting ready for that, I, I was ordering all the stuff. I ordered business cards. I ordered a sign. I wanted to make sure being there 
was going to be worth my time. And, and I, it was like time to go all in. I've had lots of markets where I didn't quite go all the way. I kind of skimped on maybe the advertising materials and they've gone, they've gone fine, but it's like, sometimes it's better to just invest in the supplies you need. If you're going to be there to market, make it good, make people remember you, like have something to hand out, have your sign there, make sure they know exactly who you are and what you do. Otherwise, what's the point? Like going to markets like that, the point is to market. So got business cards, got a sign, got stickers for all of the little cupcakes and gosh dang it, they were so cute. <laughs> they were adorable. Um, I made little mini cupcakes. I did, I, it was 400 of them, 400 cupcakes. And I was paid $425 for them which is probably slightly less than I'd normally charge, but it was my first order and it was a marketing opportunity. And so that, you know, that actually ended up working out pretty good. And I took each little cupcake and put it in an upside down little fruit cup. Like, can you picture like the little five ounce plastic clear cups with a lid? You turn it upside down, put your cupcake on the lid, and then you put the cup over the top. It becomes the perfect little cupcake container. And I put my business sticker on top and they just looked so good. And that way people could just pick them up and take them with them. And there wasn't like a whole mess. They were really, really worried about the mess. And so each one was packaged and it was just, they were so, so cute. And people loved them. People went crazy for them. Um, but I got to back up a little. I'm getting ahead of myself because in between doing that first order, I had some other things happen. A, I mentioned in one of the earlier mini episodes that for some reason, for the first time in my life, I was considering doing a shop and I was looking around at spaces and we found a little space, this really cute little small shop on Main Street. It was the most, it was just the perfect location. You couldn't miss it. And it was going to need some work. It wouldn't have been a kitchen. It would have been like an outlet store where I bake at home and then I would bring my, my cake and my cupcakes to the store and I would sell them. And I, I, we went to see it. We were talking to the landlord. I was starting to make a lot of plans. I called the Department of Food and Agriculture to work out the legals and logistics to make sure that I could do that. And surprise, I was amazed. Surprisingly, I could as a cottage food baker with my cottage food license, I would be allowed to take my stuff to my own little storefront as long as I had the proper packaging and signage and that was just kind of cool to know like all right that's an option on the table and I was starting to look at suppliers and logistics for that and production hours and everything and we were really we were gonna I was so excited we were gonna do it and then the landlord let me know that he actually had promised it to someone else and that they were going to lease it to that different person. And I just said, well, thank you. Um, I'd love to be second on the list if anything falls through. So pause that for a sec. I was like, got my hopes up, felt really inspired to take that action forward. And then didn't, it didn't go through. And I just kind of was wondering why, why it didn't go through. And then after, after that, got ready for the first order, baked all of those cupcakes and had everything done just about like the day before. That was my goal. When I have big orders like that, I always do everything I can ahead of time. I will bake and freeze my cakes and my cupcakes. I will make the buttercream ahead of time, the decorations. You try and have it all done ahead of time. Spread out that workload so you're not doing it all in one day. 
So I was doing pretty good. I, I was on schedule. I, I disciplined myself to do what I needed to do ahead of time. And then at about 10 a.m. the day before the information fair, the day before this order is due, I got a call from the librarian and she was starting to worry because the event had grown quite a bit. There was going to be a lot more people than she was expecting originally, and she was worried we were going to run out of refreshments and wanted to add 200 cookies to the order, which I don't truly offer cookies, but I have done them in the past and decided I would make an exception. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you get a last minute order like that, you really have to know what your boundaries are. You have to know, like, we are so good at underestimating how much time something's going to take us. And we often say like, oh, about three hours. Like, that's how long that'll take me to make 200 cookies. And it's like, no, that's going to take you eight hours, honey. (laughs) And I am so guilty of that and have had to learn to be very realistic. So when I have last minute orders, I have a rule set for myself in my business plan that I already know what it is and I can only take on a last minute order if I have enough time, if I truly have enough time and if I'm able to get paid a rush fee because I'm going to have to rearrange quite a bit in order to do that last minute order that changes my whole schedule and everything And as I'm talking to the librarian, she made it very clear. (laughs) She said, money is not the issue. I'm paying for all of this with a grant. We're putting this on with a grant. So the budget's not a problem. She said, add a $100 rush fee to this order. And then I'll pay you for the cookies. So that was going to be an extra almost $400. So my first order just became an $800 (laughs) order. And cookies aren't difficult. I was just going to, you know, put them in and out of the oven and wasn't going to have to decorate or anything. And so I said yes. And she paid me like right, right away. And it was just crazy. I was kind of geeking out like, holy crap, what a big order and what a big opportunity. So um, I had my husband pick up all the ingredients that I was going to need for cookies and I was home frosting the cupcakes and obviously you know by this point that I'm a mom so I've got my two kiddos how the heck am I doing this with two kiddos we just manage we just do we fly by the seat of our pants a little bit I time the tv time perfectly with when I need to work we find friends who they can go over and be with friends for the day we time nap time and we just make it work. It's not perfect. It's not flawless. It's not even routine by any means. (laughs) Nothing is a routine. It's like every time it looks a little bit different. Um, But we do just, you know, find ways to manage. And so I'm in the middle of frosting my cupcakes. I've made some lunch for my kiddo and he's watching his show and eating lunch. And I hear my baby wake up and it's you know, about three in the afternoon, the day before this order's due, and my baby wakes up, I can hear him crying, and I told my little son, I said, hey, will you go check on your brother, and just, you know, tell him mama's coming, and so he runs upstairs, and he comes back down, and he says, mom, it smells horrible in there, and Calvin is covered in poop, and I was like, oh boy, 
that'll be fun. So I pause what I'm doing, take off my apron, and I go upstairs, and what Calvin is covered in is not poop, it's throw up. And he's been sick during his nap, and I I just, I go right to him, I get him cleaned up, we get the, the crib cleaned up, and I'm, you know, taking just some time to make sure he's okay, and to give him a bath, and just give him some loves, because I can tell he's not feeling good. And in, now, once I get him to a good spot, I'm just realizing there is, there's no way. There's no way at this point with, with my sick kiddo, I'm not going to be able to pull off those cookies. And the cupcakes are done. The cupcakes I'm just packaging, but the cookies, it's not going to happen. And to top it all off, <laughs> I call my husband and I was like, do you want the bad news? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, you go first and then I'll tell you mine. And <laughs> so we get talking. I tell him that Calvin was sick and my husband goes, well, I'm broken down on the side of the road and the car had stopped working. Luckily, he'd made it into town and was able to kind of start and stop his way home. But those were the two big signs like, okay, this is not going to happen. And so <laughs> I had to cancel that second part of the order. This is a lot of baker's fears. When you're a home baker, having to cancel an order is really scary because, I mean, it kind of puts the pressure on when you take the order in the first place. Like, what if something happens? What if there's an emergency? Because it's just you. There's no one to take your shift. There's no one to um, settle with them. It's like you have to put on your customer service face and you have to find a solution. So... When this happens, and I've only had it happen a few times before, where one time when I got COVID, one time when I had the flu, and the first thing to know about canceling an order is it's really, really good to have a network. Have a network with the other bakers around you, people who you trust, so that if you ever do have to cancel an order, you have people who are willing to back you up and, and take it and pass it along. And the two times where I've had to cancel orders and needed help, I was able to reach out to the baker community and people took the order. People were able to take even a two-tiered cake the day before a girl once picked that up and I just transferred her the money and gave her the, all the information and she was able to do the cake. It's just so good to have that network and you you'll do it for someone else there's honestly when we understand what each other goes through like who better to be friends with who better to connect with like I would do it in a heartbeat for someone if if a baker was like I'm sick and I I can't do this cake could you help me I would be like absolutely girl I will be there and that's the kind of feeling and community that we need to build with each other as bakers, be willing to help, and then it comes back to us. And so that's that's the first thing is have that network. Now, down here in my new town, I didn't quite have that kind of network yet. I didn't have someone that I could pass it off to. And it was last minute, and we just barely figured it out, and it was just cookies. And so I decided first I would propose a solution. I think that's also a great tactic when you're dealing with difficult situations 
like this as a home baker, try to come with a solution. Try to not just leave your customer hanging. Whether you're helping connect them with another baker or offering some kind of alternative, um, when you have to cancel, when it is on you, definitely try to you know, give them what you can or, or do what you can or give a full refund if you're just bailing on them. Like, make sure that you're you're trying to come up with a solution, trying to still help them out as best as you can. And so when I called the librarian, I said, hey, I just want to let you know the cupcakes are all done. They're ready to go. But I've had something come up with the cookies and I want to propose a solution for it. And she was like, okay, go ahead. And I said, I, I just found my baby. He woke up from his nap and he's he's sick. He's throwing up. And I just know I'm, I'm not going to be able to complete the cookies. And she was incredibly understanding. She was like, no worries. You take care of that baby. And I said, I am happy to take the money that you paid me. And I will go and buy cookies from the grocery store. And then I will you know, give you back the rest that I'll keep the receipts. I'll give you back the rest that isn't used. I just want to make sure that I can take care of this. I don't want you to have to worry about going to get cookies. Um, and she, she decided it'll be easier if you just send me back the money and then I'll get, I'll get grocery store cookies and we'll have those on backup in case we run out. And so that's what we ended up doing. I, I sent her the refund right away and I was able to take care of my little boy who, you know, just kind of had a bug for a few hours and and ended up being just fine the next morning. But that was quite the roller coaster. Went from prepping to make 200 cookies and getting paid double to refunding that and just completely switching gears. It was very just, I don't even know. I don't even know if I have words for how you feel in those moments. But I was really, really grateful for how gracious she was as a client and that I was able to handle it professionally and it still worked out. I got up that morning, the morning of the order, and I packed up the car. I had my sign and my cupcakes and I was able to pack them all in just a cooler and they stayed really well in the cooler. It was nice because I could stack them because they were all individually packaged, which is kind of a must when you're bringing hundreds and hundreds of treats to an event. You want them individually packaged so that you can stack. It's like really, really, really good to do that. So I brought them all to the rec center, got all set up. They had the youth city council there and they helped me put stickers on my cupcakes and we set them all up. And then my job was to stand there and be as friendly and as awesome and kind and enthusiastic as they could be as people were walking out making sure they got a cupcake and always saying like hey here take a business card as well and because that was the point wanted to make sure people had something to remember my business by and we met I met a lot of great people I got to meet the the city chamber some of the representatives from then from that and they invited me to join the chamber and made some good connections there and got to meet some of the directors of the recreation in neighboring cities and one of the one of the men I spoke with he's he's a director of recreation in in Mona and 
he took my business card and was very like, I will be contacting you because um, we've got events and things. And that was really cool to know that I'd made just enough of an impact that, and they were excited. People were excited to know that there was a little bakery in town, even if it was home-based. And that was funny because that's one of the big questions I got. They're like, where are you located? And I just let them know, oh, I'm, I work out of my licensed registered kitchen and, and it was it was cool that I was professional enough that they assumed that I had a store and that's that's kind of always what I go for that that people don't see it as like oh a home baker like all the stigmas that come with that I want them to see me as just as professional as any business that you would find on Main Street so that was cool it went really really great the librarian she was so pleased she said she got so many compliments about the cupcakes. People just raved about them. And I saw that they put my business cards in, in the library. So it was just so fun and, and so cool to connect for the first time with the community. The order went great and it was done. And then we got to breathe. And and I have had my first bride reach out to me. And that was really cool. She found me through, um, I believe through the venue in town. I, I know that she's having her wedding there. And so when I meet with her, I'll definitely ask who referred her and how she found me. Um, but we just talked yesterday and we were setting up a consultation. So that'll be my first, my first bride consultation here in this new city. So that's really exciting. Um, so that was my first successful order here. And then the next week, <laughs> this was crazy. I get a call from that landlord, the one I'd seen about the shop. And he told me, you're not going to believe this, but who I had lined up for the shop just fell through. Can you come see it tomorrow? And I was like, yes, I would love to. So next day we packed up our kids and showed up at the shop and we got to meet the landlord Greg and he was awesome the shop the space was awesome it was gonna need work and I started just planning I got home and I started crunching numbers big time the first thing I wanted to look at was what were my startup costs gonna be to start a shop this is crazy you guys <laughs> I was planning on buying a commercial fridge and a display case and I was going to need a double oven and I was just looking at okay what's it going to cost just to get this place operational and then the second thing I was looking at was what were going to be my fixed cost month to month what was I going to need to make in order just to break even so I looked at what the rent was what the utilities were going to be what you know, if I had to hire an employee, which I was going to plan on having someone at the cash register and, you know, just kind of budgeting for an, an extra few hundred dollars for just random miscellaneous things that I know would probably come up in having a storefront. So I figured out what all those fixed costs would be for the month and then broke down how much would I have to sell to just cover those costs if I was selling like cupcakes at $4 a cupcake, how does that break down? How many cupcakes would I need to sell? Do I think I can bring that many people into the store? And how many hours a week would that be? And I really got down into the numbers and the hours and the production of it all. And I had to think about, like I said, suppliers, like where would I get 
the big bags of ingredients that I need and would they go to the shop or would they bring them to my house? Would I have to just raid Walmart every other week? And took a real good look at everything and as I talked to different friends and as I talked to my mom and as I talked to my husband, really, really felt like it was the right thing to do. And so I was planning on signing that lease and the last thing that I really wanted to do before making the decision was was turn to God and tell him my plans and see what he felt about it, how I felt. And that's always been really important to me in my business. And whether you believe in God or a higher power or the universe or whatever kind of energy it is, I, I think we all know that there's kind of this higher thing guiding us. And for me, it's God. And so I was able to say a prayer and seek his inspiration. And I, I felt this really strong kind of clarity come where all of the numbers that were kind of in front of my eyes, the numbers and the logistics and the shop and imagining it all, it's like it all just kind of melted away. And behind it, I just saw my boys and realized very clearly that that what I want right now is to focus my time on my two little ones. And I just feel like in this crazy world that we live in, what I want more than anything is to be a mom to them, to be available to teach them and to take them places and to just be at home with them when I can and and be present. And I knew that doing a shop was going to put a lot of stress on that. And so I ended up calling the landlord and letting him know that it wasn't going to be a good fit for us at this time. And I felt really at peace with that decision ever since then. And it's funny because we felt really guided to look into the shop and I felt inspired that it had fallen through and we got a second chance. And then it's funny to have God say, no, not quite. So I feel like there was lessons to be learned in it. And for whatever reason, we needed to explore that option just to even begin to understand it. So I'm excited to see in the future where that comes into play and maybe look back someday and realize why we kind of went through that little moment of maybe opening a shop. And but like I said, I'm I'm super at peace with just continuing to work out of my own kitchen at home. That's always kind of been the mantra and the motto of of me being an out of home baker. It's so that I can number one be the mom and the wife and the friend that I want to be and that my work can complement that instead of compete with it. And I'm really so grateful that I'm able to do this and just feeling gratitude. Like I said in the beginning that I was able to take the time off that I needed, that I'm able to be at home where I want to be and that I'm able to make the money that I need to make. And it's not been a 100% easy journey. There's been so much that I've learned. I've had to learn time and time again how to set boundaries, how to say no, how to make decisions out of 
optimism and faith rather than fear because fear-based decisions almost never are good decisions and we limit ourselves when we're just so scared of what if we don't get another order or what if it goes wrong or what if this and instead just being brave enough and being open enough to making mistakes so that you can learn and grow and actually move forward with your baking business. So that's where we're at. (laughs) And as I'm kind of coming off of this two weeks of just a little bit of a break, I'm ready to get my head back into it. And my next step that I want to do is to take business cards around to different places here in town and maybe even some samples um, to try and network some more and get get my name out there and, and pick up some more orders. And I hope you've enjoyed kind of following me on this journey. I hope it's been helpful to you to hear about somebody else starting up again from scratch. It's definitely been eye-opening to go back to the beginning because it's hard. I, I just want you to know that, that even, even though it's like I'm optimistic and I know that it'll work out, like there is some nerves that come back in. And so if you're feeling like it's not easy and if you're feeling like you're stuck, don't worry because I promise I've had my fair share of that too. Like just to remember how difficult it is to really build things up from the ground up. Have patience with yourself. Have patience and give yourself grace and know that you're not running a sprint. You're not trying to get to the end by tomorrow or next week. You've got time in front of you and you can take things slow and steady and run, run the marathon. Don't try and burn yourself out by just running yourself into the ground. Take it one day at a time and you'll get where you want to be. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next time.